Welcome back to the R-Rated Podcast. The R-Rated Podcast. This week's guest is... Welcome back to the R-Rated Podcast. It's your host, Priscilla. Um, It's been a while. And when I mean a while... I mean, since I've been here by myself, giving you guys a scoop about what has been going on in my life. And when I say life, I mean film industry life. Um, I'm not here to tell you about my personal problems or anything like that. So don't worry. We're not going to talk about that. We're here to strictly talk about the entertainment industry and what I've been working on, what I've been up to, because it's it's been like... Oh my God, it's been like 20 episodes since I've given you guys an update. And I just felt like it was weird for me not to check in with you guys and give you guys an update because I feel like that's kind of what I've been doing ever since I started the podcast. And I want you guys to really feel in the loop. So that way you guys always know kind of what I'm working on. And it's not just like, oh, she worked on like one short film and like she's trying to have a whole podcast about film. Like, what is she talking about? I want to, you know, update you guys so you know what I'm working on. So you guys are always like with me when it comes to working on new projects. And I feel like for the most part, I've done a good job of, you know, keeping you guys in the loop. If it's not on the podcast, usually on my Instagram, I talk to you guys about what I'm working on. And even on the podcast, you know, Instagram, I kind of show a little behind the scenes of what it's like working on these sets and everything. But I really just want to get down to business and give you guys the latest scoop and you might think you have it all figured out like oh you know what I'm working on and like all of this and that well you might have an idea because if you have been listening to the podcast since the beginning you probably have an idea of what direction I'm going into but I have major news so I am no longer working at the testing company that I used to work for before. I'm not going to name any names now, now that I have moved on to my next job. Not that we ended bad or anything. We actually ended really positive and really great, but I don't want to name drop anything in particular, but I basically hit a point with my previous job where I felt like, how can I level up to the next, you know, position? For me, you know, COVID was really weird because I, I mean, like, just like everybody, I panicked. I was like, what am I going to work on? Like, what are we going to film? What are we going to, you know, what job am I going to have? Like, what is going to happen in the film industry? And that's how this whole podcast started is because I wanted to stay fresh and like keep, you know, keep busy and still talk about the industry. So the podcast started and then I was like, okay, the podcast is cool, but I need a job. Like, how am I going to pay my freaking bills, you know? And that's when I stumbled upon the testing company. And anyone who knows me like personally or anyone who has followed me on Instagram or on the podcast, you know that I was working this testing company for a good six months. So some people might be like, oh, that's not even long. Like that's not even a long time, you know. It feels like a fucking long time in film world (laughs) because you're doing like overtime, right? You're doing like 12, 13 hours a day and when I say it out loud, it sounds fucking crazy because I feel like the only other like jobs that do shifts like that is like the hospital. Um, I feel like you get a lot of overtime shifts at the hospital, 
But yeah, the film industry is one of the industries that you really do work 12 hour days. And I mean, obviously, you're getting paid overtime, but it's exhausting. And God, I don't even know where to start. There's so much to say. Okay. I guess what I can give away is I got a new job and it might be a manager position. Yay! I just need that. Okay. I'm clapping for myself because for anybody listening, if you have ever felt stuck or like you like you were like at a job that wasn't reaching your max potential. I'm telling you right now, this is your sign to quit that job and go get a job that pays you what you deserve, um, sees your value into what you're bringing to the, you know, to the work, to the job every day and, and appreciates you and really respects you. I'm not saying that I didn't get that from my last job because I really do feel like I did in certain, some of those categories, you know, like I got the respect, I got the acknowledgement, but the pay was low, and um, when I asked for a promotion, because I really felt like I deserved it, it I, we weren't seeing eye to eye there. It was like, oh, you kind of reached your max level of like growth here. And so when I kind of found out that I reached my max potential growth at this, you know, at my old job, I was just kind of like, that's not good enough for me because I'm someone that always wants to work on myself, always wants to be better, and I want to get to the next step. And for anyone who doesn't know what my next step is or what my main goals are, it's to be a full-time writer and director. I mean, obviously, like, podcasts, podcasting is always going to be up there, but how can I keep the podcast going if I'm not writing and directing new projects, right? I'm not saying that I can't keep it going by working on other people's projects. Like, that sounds, you know, like, of course I can. But to fulfill my dream and my destiny, I really want to be hired as a writer director full time not like just freelance but like maybe one day for a major studio like I like to dream big like the sky's the limit you know what I mean and I basically was at this old job and I was like I'm not happy I was told that I reached my max potential I don't feel like this is my max potential I feel like I can grow more I feel like there's more room but what do I do? You know, my managers and coworkers are telling me like, this is it. This is the highest I could go up. So I was on set at the offer. If you guys remember, I I was testing a lot for the, for the Paramount show, the offer it's based on the Godfather. Now that it's wrapped, I can finally talk about it. Yay. Um, so a little bit about the offer. Um, it was a show based on, based on the Godfather, the making of the Godfather. Apparently there was like a lot of drama going on there. And the um, Italian gang didn't want any, you know, producer slash Hollywood director to make a movie portraying the Italian mafia as like, you know, the bad guys. They just didn't want that kind of media on them. So it was a constant battle and back and forth like um, argument between the mafia and Paramount Studios. So it was actually really interesting. And that was kind of like my first taste of like what it's like to be on a studio production. Because if you remember, I've done everything, you know, myself. It's been independent. Um, I freelanced. Um, The Dr. Phil show was probably one of the few things that I did that was like studio related. But I was like on the cast side. So I don't even really count that because I'm like, this is like the first thing that I'm doing now. 
as a crew member. This new job, this new job. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You have to hold out. It's a long story, but not really. I'm going to make it short. <laughs> but anyway, I was like on the offer, working my freaking ass off. Not, not even joking. I was working like five days a week waking up at four in the morning that's like on a good day sometimes i'd wake up at 2 30 i'd have to go pick up the testing equipment to COVID test these people and when i say these people i mean like 300 crew members and the offer was shooting during delta and omicron omicron so there was literally um a day where we had to do three tests for one person so um three tests for um 300 people each was a lot of work but when I saw the kind of money that gets put into these productions and, like, what it's really like, I was starting to get really interested. But, you know, I'm I'm just on the other side of things. I'm just working for this testing company. So I was like, I'm here to do my job as a vendor, like, you know, creating these COVID tests for people and basically make sure that there's no positives. And then I, I go home after, like, eight hours and then I continue, like, maybe working at the office or something. But anyway, I wasn't. I was, like, in the vicinity, but I wasn't on the call sheet. And I was, like, how do I get on the call sheet? Like, how – like, I know how to get on the call sheet independently when I'm freelancing. But I'm, like, I don't want to be having to fund everything myself. Like, how do I get on the call sheet at a studio? And let me tell you, it wasn't that easy. But I was working hard, and someone from the offer noticed. Someone who supervised the health and safety department, which – basically means like watching out like what like you want to make sure this the the set is safe like you know nobody's like hanging off of stuff like without it being properly properly rigged or like if there's a hole on the ground obviously like that would be a safety concern like how big is the gap hole like we should put signs we should whatever it may be but in this case a lot of it is covid related just because we are in the middle of a pandemic so um the health and safety team is mostly co- like making sure COVID testing is happening and stuff like that. So when I was working for the testing company on the offer, this supervisor who was managing the health and safety department for the offer saw me and he had been seeing, we had been communicating because I was always like the point of contact for the testing company. I was there early. He saw me and he was like, how much do you pay? How much do you get paid at? at ooh, I almost name dropped the old testing company. <laughs> He was like, how much do you make at your current job? And I told him, I was like, I'm making um, 21 an hour. But they started me out at 18. I had to really like fight and work for that 21 an hour. And initially they wanted to start me at 16 an hour. And I was upset about that because I was like, I am college educated. I've been, I have a lot of experience. I speak three languages I'm a very hard worker. When you just give me the job and you'll you'll see. And I, I proved myself. Like literally all my managers and stuff were like, wow, like the sets keep asking about you, you know? And it's not like because I was like kissing ass. It's because I came to do the fucking work. And I was like, I'm I'm like, this is my job. I take it seriously. I'm not going to like make, make us look bad. When there's ever a situation where maybe something got lost or something went wrong, I was trying to problem solve that, you know, really quickly because – at the end of the day, like, it's a team job. And if your team looks bad, you look bad. So I was like, yeah, making 21 an hour. And he was like, you should try and switch over to the company that I work for. Like, almost like poaching me in a sense. And I was just like, huh. (laughs) Just because 
the reason why I made that face and the reason why I was like, ha, good joke, funny, is just because in Hollywood, you can't always trust people. I mean, first of all, you can't really always trust any everybody, right, in the first place. Like, I feel like that's like life one-on-one if you trust everybody. Um, or maybe it's just me. Maybe I've had some untrustworthy people around me. But Hollywood is very, like, fabricated and kind of, like – everyone's famous in a sense. And I don't mean that in like a, like a mean way, but everyone really does think they're an actor. Everyone thinks they're a celebrity, but your work really shows and proves like if it's true or not. And I just kind of thought like this guy was approaching me to just like hit on me or something, because unfortunately that happens on sets too, where like people who are higher up or have certain power, they want to get the, the PAs or like the, the people who like, desperate to start out in the industry or have been like waiting for their moment or their shot. So it's kind of like a, a good, easy way for the pervs to come, <laughs> to come out and <laughs> poach these young PAs and stuff. It's not funny, but I'm like, honestly, this is real talk. Like I don't want to hold back on like what it's really like, because you're really like, what's the point of me sitting here and feeding you bullshit? Like, that's just not who I am as a person. And I honestly, like this podcast is supposed to be about being real, being authentic of what it's really like in the film industry. And this is what it's really like. This is what you're going to have to deal with. And in that moment, I was just like, no, this guy's bullshitting me. He's telling me that I should apply for his company and, or not his company, the company that he works for. And I'll probably get the, like, I'll probably get the job if I have an interview and that, and then maybe it could be, I don't know. I just took it with a grain of salt. Cause I was like, I don't really trust that. Like someone's just going to like, offer their kindness to help me because everything that I've done in the film industry has been me by myself. I mean, I've had the support of my family, my parents, when it came to like my first two short films, they helped me, you know, fund it. And I'm so grateful for that. But everything after that, you know, you can't have your parents fund every project that you do. So it was either like, I need to make the money myself so I can fund my own stuff and keep writing and directing my own stuff. Or I need to get a higher paying job at a studio or whatever it may be and make money that way and work in, in like the union or something. Like I was like, I don't know what my path is. Like, I don't know. But anyway, when I had that moment of like clarity, I was out, I was actually at home. It was like after working that day. And I was like, he said that I could like apply. He said he put a word in for me. Maybe like, maybe like I was like thinking about it and like, I was just kind of like, nah, whatever. So I let like a week go by and I was like, like, no, it's just not going to happen. It's not, it's not like meant to be right. But then I had that talk with my current job and I was like trying to like, you know, move on, move up to the next thing. And they basically shut it down. They're like, you can't, you already reached your max potential. This, this like next position that you want, um, it's very limited. We're only giving it to people who, I don't know what their excuse was. And I was like, in that moment, I realized like, there's no room for growth for me anymore in this company, in this job that I'm currently at. And I'm not going to lie, that drove me to apply to this new job. I checked out the website again, I read everything. And I was like, if everything pans out, if it's really what it is, what it, what what he says it's going to be, I'd be making more money. I would be getting closer to where I need to be. And when I say getting closer to where I need to be is getting hired full-time as a writer and director, not having to do other side gigs, not having to freelance. You know, I'm just like getting hired as that. And 
I applied. And a couple of days later, I get a call and they're like, hello, this is so-and-so from so-and-so. Um, would you like to set up a job interview? We would love to talk to you. You know, um, we saw your application and we think you'd be a great fit. And I was just like, is this real life? Because I just didn't think it would happen that quick. Like it was just, and it was, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, just apply and see what happens. Like it probably won't happen, whatever. And when I saw this opportunity and I was like, okay, I have to nail my interview. I have to make sure I get this because if I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, right? There's this constant worry of like, I don't know. I don't know. And I ended up having the interview and I felt like it went really well. I was like really happy about it. I was like, woo, like this is great. And then like two weeks go by and I I haven't heard anything yet. I'm just like, I didn't get the job. You know, I was like, I didn't, I didn't get the job. And I'm like, that's okay. There's going to be times where you're not going to get the job. But it hurt me a lot because I wanted it so badly. Like at first I didn't want it, but then I wanted it because I was just like, you always want what you can't have. Right. And I was just like getting really down on myself and I was depressed about it. And my, um, and the guy who had told me to apply, who had um, noticed my work on the offer, he w- he messaged me and he was like, he's like, how'd it go? Like, did they, did you get the job? Like what happened? And I was like, oh, I haven't like heard back, you know, and I, I, it kind of got awkward because I was like, basically I didn't get the job. Right. And then three days later, I get an email and it says, Priscilla, we would love to have you if you would still want to be a part of this team. Sorry, it took so long to get back to you. We were like, you know, evaluating all their candidates or whatever. And I was like shaking because I had already like written it off. Like, I'm not going to fucking, I didn't get the job, right? So I was just kind of like already like back onto like, like back to work. And like, I'm like, I guess I'll like search later. Like, whatever. I'm just going to like write this job out. Like, that's literally what my thought process was. But when I got this email, I was like, oh my God, like, this is it. Like, I got it. Like, this is a new beginning for me. I was so excited. I ended up putting my two weeks in at my old job. But check this out. As soon as I put in my two weeks, they were like, oh, we were going to give you that promotion, that job, that position you wanted. Um, And then they were just like basically trying to say whatever they could say to keep me. And again, I was in a pickle. I was like, what do I do? Like, do I stay with the company that I've been working for for six months who knows my work ethic and they've acknowledged my work ethic, but it was kind of like a fight to get this like promotion. And the only reason why they're giving it to me is because I got a new job and I'm about to put in my two weeks. Like it didn't feel great. You know what I mean? Or do I go with this new job that I have no idea how to do? It's a new beginning, but it pays more and it's a higher position. Some people might be like, oh, come on. That's not even a fucking comparison. Like, come on, like, come on. But honestly, like when you get comfortable in something, it is hard to like start over. You know, it's like when you like are in high school and you're like used to your friends and then your parents are like, we're moving. <laughs> and then you're like, no. <laughs> and um, you don't want to go to a different high school because you already made your friends and you want to like, you know, move. Speaking from experience. 
Um, but yeah, so basically I was just like very like, oh, I'm comfortable here. I don't know. But again, I was just like, no, like you wanted this interview. You like, you worked for this, like take it. So I put in my two weeks. I was scared shitless. I was like, I might've just made the biggest mistake of my life, but, um, life's about taking chances and risks. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it. Um, I take the job. Did not expect to do all these hours of training. I'm not trying to complain about it because like everything turned out to be so much better than I like could have hoped and could have wished, but I didn't know that yet. Right. So I'm just like doing this like training. So let me explain like what my job is. Basically I work for this company called Vigilant. They're health and safety um, vendors, vendor, sorry, not vendors. They're health and safety vendor and they work with all the major studios. Their main clients are Paramount, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Apple TV, Disney, pretty much all the major studios, like the big five. And um, they were like, you know, when you are hired as a manager, you basically manage the health and safety department for that production. You get hired by the studio to run their health and safety department. And since we have COVID, that's pretty much like the main priority. So I had a pretty good idea of how to manage this department just because I had experience from the previous job with COVID testing and all that. Not saying that I knew all the ins and outs of the job, but it helped me. It was kind of like a little cheat code. I was like, I do have insight on this. So suddenly the worry of like not knowing how to fit in in this new job was like slowly going away, right? And then they're like, oh, by the way, you have to do all this training. I had to get like my OSHA 10-hour training. I had to get a CPR certified, um, AED certified. I ended up um, doing a lot of quizzes, like John Hopkins COVID quizzes, like anything COVID related. I had to study and like, it was like back in college when you have to like fucking study for a test. I had to take a freaking I think it was like a hundred like questions and I had to pass with at least a B. And if not, you had like one more chance to take it and then you just don't pass. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to get the job if I don't pass this test. And I'm not a good test taker. So I was like super nervous, but I ended up studying my ass off. I did the work. I, you know, trained and next thing you know, I got the job. So I'm like, okay, I understand how training is going to go. I have an idea of how this like whole managing stuff's going to go. But the problem after that was the guy who had recommended me for this new job, he was like taking a break because the offer was so intensive and so tiring. It was like, it was literally, imagine like having to watch over 300 people dealing with COVID, getting positive cases, the show shutting down twice, your main actor getting COVID, shutting down again. So it was like, he was so exhausted. He's like, I'm taking a freaking break. So I was just like, okay. And then he's like, I'm not going to return the next show that I'm doing is going to be starting um, beginning of May. And we're like in April, right? So I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go a whole month without work. I panicked. I did. I was like, fuck, how am I going to survive? Like, what am I going to do? Because I just quit my job, right? And I ended up um, – it actually ended up working out really nicely because, as you know, I'm also working on my documentary. and. I ended up getting a $30,000 investment, which um, I want to talk a little bit about as well. One of the, one of the owners from the rehab um, invested in the documentary and in me. 
um, because I pitched to him my vision and my story and how I want to, you know, make this documentary and the plans that I have for it. And he was really sold on it and he believed in me and he was like, to make it as best as you want and like complete your vision, like, you know, let me invest in you. Like, how much do you need? And I was like, I think I can do it for 30000 And I ended up being able to get like X some side money to pay myself for the time that I did. And so I was able to like survive the month of April because of the documentary money, like a small cut that I had made. Like, I mean, it wasn't much, but it was enough to just like live, survive, right? I mean, obviously I wasn't going out and like able to travel and do all that because I didn't have the money for it. But then when we got closer to May, I finally got a call and it was like, okay, we're ready to start casting and um, crewing up for the new show that we're going to put you on. The company that I work for messaged me and they're like, are you ready to start working in May? And I was like, I've been ready. Like, please put me on something. Like, I've been ready. And they're like, how would you like to be on Paramount's new show, Fatal Attraction? For anyone who doesn't know Fatal Attraction, it's a famous movie with Michael Douglas that was made back in the 80s, really popular. It's about Michael Douglas's character. Um, he's a law, he's a, an attorney or something, and he um, ends up having an affair and cheating on his wife with um, someone who he thought was just going to be like a, a quick like one night stand. It was like a like a in the movie, it really portrayed as like, oh, it was like a fun, like supposed to be like a fun one night stand, but he didn't even really want to do it. She convinced him. She seduced him, like whatever it is. But she ends up being a fucking psycho and literally stalks him. And honestly, I don't even want to say that she was a fucking psycho. And like, like, you shouldn't have cheated on your wife. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. Let's call that out. But anyway, of course, classic old movies make the, the, the I was going to say the bitch, make the girl look psycho. And, you know she ends up forming this obsessive like obsession with him and she just like follows him comes to his house ends up like you know really like overstepping in the boundaries and she's just kind of like messing with him and then it gets to a whole nother level of like violent and her and like killing a bunny and her like literally the end of the movie ends up being um them fighting because she breaks in and tries to like literally kill them him him and um, the wife so the wife ends up shooting the mistress and she dies but I think the show is going to be different I am not allowed to talk about it because I signed an NDA (laughs) I could tell you about the movie because it's been out there it's been out there since the 80s and obviously if you know you know you've watched it but I'll tell you what I can tell you and basically, this show is a Paramount Plus show. It's going to be on the streaming platform. I'm managing the health and safety department with my supervisor, the one who ended up recommending me. We ended up being able to work together, which made me feel so much better because I'm not like stepping into this like new big position, not knowing anybody, you know. And he's really been like a mentor for me and really helped me open my eyes to what this industry was really like and what you have to do to get to the next level and all that. So I'm really excited to be able to share that with you guys in the future. And as I progress, um, I, I would like to keep you guys updated and really give that insight on how you can progress and how you can um, level up if that's the path that you want to take. This path isn't for everyone. Um, 
you know, everyone has their own story, their own experience. That's why this whole podcast thing is exciting because every guest, like they're doing something in the entertainment industry, but they have a totally different experience from mine. And um, more about the show. I can give away something exciting. And it's low key. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to like fangirl because I'm like, go to act professional. But um, the main actress, the main actress, she's someone you've seen before. She's in the most iconic girl movie, you know. And on Wednesdays, we wear pink. If that doesn't give you a sign or a hint of who it is, then you obviously have never seen Mean Girls before. But it's not Regina George. It is Janice Ian, Lizzie Kaplan. She is the main character of Fatal Attraction. And yes, she is playing the character of the mistress. So this is going to get juicy. This is going to be spicy. This is something that I want to see. I'm like, oh, not only the... Did Lizzie Kaplan, like, slay the role of Janice Ian? But she is in, like, Now You See Me, The Magic. She's in so many. She just, she's a really good actress. And I'm not going to lie. I was very excited to find out that she was going to be casted. Um, She's someone that I've always thought was a really great actress. So it's really cool that she's getting this opportunity and being able to see her act and be in her element. I feel very blessed to be around that. Um, On the more directing side of things, because I know that's exciting for... Well, it's exciting for me because I want to be a director, right? But the director of this of this show is a, a woman, which I thought was really exciting because, you know, it is a very male-run industry. So anytime you have a head um, of a department being who is a woman, it's, it's empowering and inspires me. So the director for this show is the same director who directed your favorite show, you yes the netflix show you the one that literally has pen badgley in it the one that has uh mr gossip girls dan in it yeah she directed that and she also directed the show the flight attendant which is currently trending right now so we're gonna see another great show coming our way with fatal attraction so if you like Silver Tree, the director's work in you and the flight attendant, you're definitely going to like this show. That's what happens when you don't drink water for a while. Anyway, and we're back. Um, so if you enjoy Silver Tree's directing, you're really going to like this show. I think it's going to be really, um, it's going to have a fun twist to it. It's not going to be like your typical like, oh, the mistress is a crazy bitch because she's not getting the guy. Like, I, there's going to be more, like, it's going to be deeper than that. It's not going to just be like, oh, she's pegged as a crazy girl. Because we've seen that. It's been done before. I'm like, we need some women empowerment. Like, come on. Let's let's see it. So I'm really excited to show you guys. Not Well, you're, I'm not going to be able to show you the show until it comes out. But you'll be able to see behind the scenes on my Instagram story. You'll be able to see some reels that I'm going to be doing. You'll definitely get more insight on the podcast um, Instagram page because that's where I'll be filming a lot of stuff. So if you like the show Fatal, if you like the movie Fatal Attraction and you want to stay up to date and know about the show, stay tuned because I got you. Um, Like I said, I want to give the real behind the scenes of what it's like so that way you can feel like you're a part of it and you can like 
no one gives insight to what it's like working in Hollywood. Like maybe a little bit on the freelancing scale, but I'm like, I'm going to show you guys what it's like on the studios. It's a whole different ballpark. And when I mean whole different ballpark, I'm talking like money ain't a problem on these fucking studios, on these like sets. Like people are spending like $1,000 on these like location scout lunches. Today, actually, I went on a location scout. Wait, 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 you guys. Okay. This was my first location scout. That was not an independent film. That was not my own project and was more than 10 people. So I feel like usually it's the head departments that go on these location scouts, right? It's like head of head of um, the rigging, key grip, lighting. It's the camera department. It's the director. It's the art department. It's all the people that needed to like set, stif- set stuff up for the scene. Um, they go on the locations got to make sure that they can set up their stuff. It's it's like accessible. How are they going to do it? You're not planning it the day of the shoot. You're planning it ahead of time because the day of the shoot, you're just going boom, 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 and you're shooting. You're like you're not figuring shit out. It should have already been figured out. So all the location scouts that I've been to have been very like five people max, maybe ten. You know, it's been like super low key. <clears throat> this one. 35 people, everyone's like head department or like, you know, second to like assisting to the head department or whatever the situation is or key grip or whatever the key of that person of that department. Sorry. And um, when I say we were all literally like in a fucking van, like a school, but it felt like a field trip. I literally felt like I was on a field trip this whole day today. But this field trip field trip consists of like 35 people who are seasoned industry people, you know, so it was really interesting to get insight on how it works. I'm used to like going to like three locations max in one day. We went to like nine locations and we got a whole hour lunch. Um, Lunch was paid for. All that was covered. Not going to lie. We hit some overtime. So we started at like our bus took off at 8 a.m. I got there at 730. I didn't get back until 730. So, you know, that's a 12 hour day. Just just scouting we haven't even started shooting yet imagine what we're gonna be doing when we shoot um everyone's like get ready for that overtime money like you're gonna be working like 13 hour plus days um so say goodbye to my social life is what i'm trying to say um i'm very grateful for this new job because i never knew if i wanted to be like part of the union or work at a studio and now i'm seeing more like the perks and the benefits and now i'm finding like what my calling is I still don't know if I want to commit myself to the studios 100%, but I'm going to write out this show, this project, and see where that takes me. Um, we start shooting um, July 18th, so literally in like less than two weeks, I'm gonna be starting, we're going to start shooting. I'm managing the whole department. That's like 250 people. Um, we're shooting all the way until November. And then editing starts, and by March of next year, you're going to have a brand new show on Paramount that I had the pleasure of working on. Um, I would really appreciate you guys watching the show. But I mean, I'll remind you guys, but I would appreciate if you guys checked out the show because that would be supporting me as well. Um, but don't worry. This doesn't mean that I'm not going to, like, podcast anymore. I'm still going to, like, plan ahead to pre-record these episodes so that you guys are in the loop of things. I'm going to ha- keep having more guests. Like this is just the beginning guys. Um, but I felt like I wanted to give you guys some insight because I kind of went MIA on like my personal life and like what I'm doing in the film industry and stuff. And I really feel like things are finally 
like I'm finally understanding this industry. You know what I mean? I'm working this Paramount show, this Fatal Attraction show. I'm doing my documentary. It's my first feature film, uh, feature project. Uh, it's in the editing right now, as we editing room right now as we speak. So hopefully by the end of August that will be done, and the next step will be um, getting it on a streaming platform. I don't know how hard that's going to be. It's not going to be easy because if it was easy, everybody would do it. But I don't like easy. I like the challenge because to me, it feels way more rewarding knowing that I worked my fucking ass off to get there. And this episode is really to just show you like if you're worried or scared or, you know, are like, I don't know if I should take this risk. Do it. Take that risk. Because if I didn't take risks, none of these opportunities would have happened. Um. I was like in my head for so long because of what happened to me before COVID, losing my cousin, and I went to into a major depression and grief. So I had just really lost myself as a person. I wasn't driven anymore. And I decided I didn't want that for myself anymore because I feel like that's not what my cousin would have wanted for me, you know? And I am someone that is ambitious and I have ideas and I'm creative. So I was like, what am I doing? I'm like rotting away in this room by like being sad and not going after what I want. And once I decided like I am going to go after what I want, I'm going to work hard and and see where it takes me, things, doors have been opening. So I really want to end this uh, podcast episode on on a positive note and inspirational note. Like you can do it. The sky's the limit. And if you do get rejected, it's okay. I got rejected too. You, you're going to get rejected, especially in the entertainment industry. You're going to get rejected. In fact, you're going to get rejected more than once, probably like 20 times. But it only takes one person to see your value, your worth, your like your, your ambition, like your hard work. One person that can change your life. I know it sounds very dramatic. I'm like, ah, no, but I'm serious one person. But anyway, guys, I think this is going to conclude the episode. I just wanted to give you guys a quick little rundown. We're going to have more guests coming. We're going to have more guests, more episodes, many more things. Um, And if you guys have any questions about anything entertainment related, please message me. If you want to come on the podcast, please message me. I would love to have you on the podcast. Always looking for new creative um, filmmakers, you don't even have to be filmmakers. Even Just anything in the entertainment industry. If you're in that, come on. Come on the podcast. Let's talk. Um, be the voice that you want to hear on the podcast. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I can say. But anyway, I hope that you guys enjoyed this little follow-up episode. Um, I wish I could give you guys more tea on the show. Um, I don't want to get sued <laughs> because I'm not allowed to speak. I did sign an NDA. But what I did tell you was kind of like the most I can say. Um, but if you also just hint in Google search um, the show, you could find out more stuff. Um, but yeah. Anyway, thank you guys so much for joining me this week. And I cannot wait to talk to you guys again next week. I hope you guys have a fabulous week. Bye, guys.